Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, so today is August 14, 2015, and we've got AC session number 8 of 10. So how has your week been going and what questions have come up? Um, let me think. You know, the way my week has been going has been very illuminating to me. I, I was definitely not on last week, and it was all good, but I had family visiting, and there was just a lot of, uh, I was out of my routine, and so on. And so I can see that that followed through this week, because I, I worked double hours in order to make up for last week. Okay. So so it's been really informative to me, you know, the bottom line being that I can see how I feel very good and solid with AC when I'm in balance. Mm. And when I get out of my rhythm and routine and I overwork, which I don't usually do, this has just been an unusual time, then I, you know, I just really lose that edge. So a lot of information for me about just continuing to hold myself the way I do. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And, you know, that happens to all of us and it happens to our animals too. When they get a bit out of balance, you know, they go a little bit off too, not just in their communication skills necessarily with us, you know, body language skills, etc. but we might overlook something or... They're, you know, we just, hmm, they're a little off. And sometimes they're mm-hmm. not all gathered. You know, um, great example, sometimes I will walk Callie, my little chihuahua here, and she's just fine when another dog passes. And other times, maybe because we didn't get enough exercise that week or that day, she will bark at that same dog. And it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, it personally drives me crazy. But it's kind of like, okay, she's out of balance. She can't maintain stillness. <laughs> because sometimes she barks and other times she doesn't. I completely understand. Uh-huh. Yeah. So part for the course, normal, part of the ups and downs, honestly, of life, I think. So, But, yeah, good awareness to recognize how significant it does impact you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, because it, it really does. I just, I, I can see that, I mean, you know, it, it's not a disaster, but I'm like, wow, I was like feeling really sharp with this, and now it's just like, oh, it'll all come back around. It will. All right. Any other, anything else that's on your mind? Um. I would like you, you had given me my choice this week, and mm-hmm. I would I would like to work with the fear in animals, but I also would like to request at some point we get back to working with my own animals. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Simply because it's important to me, and I was really off last week, and I w- I would just like to um, engage in that more with you. Okay, then we'll do that for next class. So class okay. number nine, we'll go back to working with your own animal family. Now, do you want to spend half the class or the entire class doing that? Um, I think we could do half. Just okay. to touch them again would be great. Okay, very good. Then I will prepare the second half of class. All right, that's fine. So just have in mind who you want to talk with. I've got your, those photos that you sent me previously held on file, so you can just let me know class number nine at the start, who you want to work with and what questions you have in mind. Okay? Perfect. Okay. All right. So today I want to talk about animals with fears. So if you're working with them in person, it's very important that you be as calm and relaxed as possible because they are already oftentimes on edge or cautious if they're a shy or maybe previously abused animal or an animal that's in a situation like a rescue where they're not normally timid but the situation has changed so hugely for them that they are in that space of fear. When an animal's in fear, they don't necessarily hear you as well. 
Okay. So one of the ways of getting them to be a better listener to you is when you are calm and relaxed if you happen to be in their presence. Now, if you're working with them from a distance and they're in fear, for whatever reason, I do find that the lack of our body being in their presence, lack of them having to deal with our body too, on top of everything else that's making them afraid, does allow them to easily converse with us. But if you're Mm -hmm. in person, you coming down, getting down low to the floor or sitting in one particular spot, not putting your gaze on them, you know, the, the body language stuff that takes the edge and the pressure off of them, is huge. Letting them know up front, hey, I'm not going to reach out and pet you because I can see you're afraid. I'm not going to put myself upon you in any dominating way. If you want to come over and seek attention or affection, great, I'll offer it, but I'm going to let you kind of call the shots here. In the meantime, would you be willing to speak with me on this topic? Okay, that's one way of starting. If there were, you're working with a timid animal from a distance, such as an owner-owned one, one of the things I like to tell the owners is, let's have our conversation in a setting. I'll be here at home. You'll be in your home. But you have the animal in a place where they're normally relaxed. If that's in the house, as it is for many animals, by all means do that. In other words, don't take them to the park or to the stable that day or don't have them possibly distracted by something else in that moment because we know they're already a flighty animal and we don't want to give them too much in their mind. We really want them to focus on the conversation. If you're working with them in person, just talk to the animal while you're in your car before you enter the house. Hey, I will not put myself upon you. I'm just going to walk in, sit where your person seats me. I won't reach out and touch you unless you make it obvious you want to be touched, and we'll do our session. Animals' behavior often changes when you give them the heads up because you just told them you can relax. I'm not going to impose upon you. It's very interesting about touch and petting, and others have no rules. They're totally fine with a stranger walking up and petting them at any moment. My cat, Eliza, she likes you, even me, whether you be stranger or family, to reach out first a finger, let her sniff, and then she puts her head down at an angle to present the top of her head for petting. If you do that out of order, she gets all flustered and worked up, and she shakes her body. She's like, what are you doing? And then she walks away from you, and you don't get to touch her. (laughs) So with animals with fears, too, I like to do what I call the sandwich technique, where you present them with a positive question upon first contact, and then feel the animal as the ACR. Feel, are they ready? Do they feel secure enough with me, comfortable enough with me for me to ask them a question on a topic that they may or may not have, you know, stuff, triggered stuff up for them? Some animals you could just outright ask them, what are you afraid of? And they'll give you a whole list. And others, you know, if you ask them certain key questions that, you know, give triggers for them, such as what is it in the past that happened to you that creates this shying away from the human hand. Okay, that might bring up a history of abuse or of something, you know, akin that was very traumatic for them personally, and they don't all want to go there. They're just like people. They don't all want to talk about it. And you need to be real gentle in your approach. Let them know that you're a safe person to tell. You sometimes need to say to the owner, owner, I'm getting information from your animal about abuse. Now, here's what a lot of people do people will go to, oh, you poor thing, and put pity on the animal. That's not understanding the animal's perspective. That's not acknowledging where they've been in life. You're instead, when you go to pity, you are judging their life experience. Who knows? On a bigger scale picture, maybe that experience was vital to them reaching some other sort of space or conclusion or life path approach that they wouldn't have gotten any other way. So we can't go to pity. So I tell the owners, as you listen to this dark information, be compassionate and understanding and remind the animal, I get it, I hear you, and that must have been hard. Acknowledge it. But you're here now, and that will never happen again while you're under my care. I will love you, and I invite you to heal from that if you're willing to go there. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Uh-huh. Okay. So let's go ahead and connect with Rue. So Rue is a four-year-old female Italian greyhound. She is with a very well-known Colorado rescue out here um, where they basically take all puppy mill animals and uh, they put them in foster homes. So she, uh, I suspect, is in a foster home versus their rescue facility at this time. That's my sense anyway. So 
we're going to go ahead and connect her with her. Now, I haven't connected with her or the horses at all. So she's going to be contacting us from no, you know, from somewhere, nowhere. <laughs> she's not going to know us from Adam. It says in her profile she's cautious but friendly around people. So that may or may not apply to us telepathically. But in case it does, we want to be extra soft and gentle in our approach when we connect. What does that look like? Calling her name, introducing yourself in case she needs that introduction, and stating point blank your purpose in contacting her, which is to learn AC and to find out more about her as an individual. Okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and drop down and let me know when you feel you've got her and you've got her permission to go forward. I'll do the same. Yes, she's shy. Yes, she is. Good. So let me just finish up here. She tells me that it's fine for us to proceed. There's a little bit of timidness, okay, which is the shyness. So um, let's help her feel more comfortable with us. Let's, universe, what does this dog need? She needs to know we're safe. So go ahead and let her know that you have two canine dog friends that you just love and you so appreciate her species. I'll do the same. Yeah, I feel she's certainly more open when I tell her about the dogs I live with. When I yes, shift, when I shift the attention back to her, there's that there's real timidity there. Mm-hmm. Good. So ask her outright. What are you nervous of in speaking with me? She doesn't know if I'm safe. Correct. Correct. Okay, you're hearing correctly. I hear uh, same energy, different words. I don't know what you're going to do to me, is what she says. So she's not mm-hmm. sure if she's safe, if we're safe. So go ahead and reassure her that you are safe, you mean her no harm, that you're here to actually value her input as your animal teacher. And I'll do something similar. Yes, the idea of helping me is is good. Okay, excellent. And I just thank her in advance for being one of our most fabulous animal teachers who can offer us only her perspective. Rue, you're so unique. Only your perspective exists in the world. And without us talking with you, we would never know you. Now, how does she feel about that, too? She likes that. Yes. being valued, yeah. Exactly. So let's definitely, we're going to have to do the sandwich technique with this dog. (laughs) Um, The positive, negative, and then positive, ending with something positive at the end. So let's start with positive. So what's a positive, um, you know, animals like to talk about themselves. What is something you think would be positive to ask her? I wonder what her favorite food to eat is. Okay. She likes meat. Uh huh. Very good. I heard it too. Mhm. Any particular type of meat in particular? Red. You like red meat? She mm-hmm. says, "Oh yes." Ask her, do you like chicken? Yep, that's good too. Yes, it is. Well done. Now, ask her, do you actually get these things in your foster home? 
Not really. Okay, I hear you say sometimes. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes and not really. Okay, so it's not like she said no. Right. So not really. It's like maybe every once in a while. So I I would say same energy, different words. I would would say what I meant by that was not much. Oh, very good. Even better. Good. All right. So let's go with another positive question. Ruth, what do you like to do? Do you have any games you like to play or what makes you feel you're having fun and happy? Okay. She likes to chase things. Okay. She says, I do. What kind of things? Balls. Good, and I see you're chasing a rag, literally a fabric piece. Okay, um, there it is. I thought so too, but I just I threw that one out. Okay. <laughs> Did you change your rag to a ball? <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> All right, so good. Good to call yourself on it. So yeah. remember, stick to the raw information the animal gives you. If you don't have clarity. I mean, I said a rag or something. I mean, is it truly a rag? My logical mind would say, I can't imagine the people give her a rag. However, if I go to her and ask her, so Truth, what is this? To me, it looks like a rag. What is that? She does tell me it's a piece of fabric. Yeah, a cloth. A cloth. Yes, cloth, mm-hmm. fabric, same thing. Excellent. Probably not using so, the best towels, so a rag. Okay, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Yep, exactly. Yeah. All right, good. So do you want, does your sense tell you she's ready for a, you know, could, you know, could or may not at all trigger her type of question, or does she need another positive? What's your sense of her? I think she'd like another positive question. She's having fun with this, isn't she? Yeah, she likes it. <laughs> okay, go ahead and ask. Oh, Rue. Do you like walking? I wonder if you like walking and being out in the sunshine. Well, that was a little bit of a scary question. Okay. It was too direct. Yeah. Ask her, when you're out, now when you say walking, I need to be clear so that you and I are asking the same question or we're both going to get different, potentially different answers. Are you referring, Ellen, to her walking on a leash? I was vague. Let's, let's okay. So I want you to be clear now in your question and re-ask so that you and I are on the same page. I'll say, Rue, is being outside in the sunshine fun for you. Okay, cool. Got it? There's, there's sort of a yes, but no. There, there's yes, but there's some of the fear there. Okay, correct. I hear sometimes, and yet I see her looking back towards the house, like she's yeah. safer inside. So this is, there is some uncertainty and insecurity here. Good. So what might you ask now based on what you're sensing here? Rue, would you like to tell me what it is you don't like about being outside in, in the sunshine? There's something that scares her. She feels very unprotective without people. Correct. Her body feels unprotected, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Very, very vulnerable. What is it? Now, this is about getting to the origin. In this case, Rue does know what it is. So go back to the way the feeling unprotected came through. Go back to that second you perceived that energy or image or however it came through. And I want you to look behind it. Pretend there's another door that opens 
that provides greater information on the origin of that which makes her feel unprotected. I see an animal coming at her. I think it's a dog. I'm not sure. And she cannot cannot get away. All right, so let me check in with her on that. Did you tell Ellen that about a dog? She's yes in the sense that scary things can come out of nowhere. Okay, Mm -hmm. and you're picking up a specific example of that. So yes, correct. Ellen, do this. Imagine her standing by herself in a big yard and then herself in a small yard and tell me what you perceive. So it's energetic. In the, in the big yard, she's defenseless energetically and anything could come in from anywhere. Yeah. And in the small yard, her energy field is bigger. Okay. She's, she's and so, as a result of her energy field being bigger, what can she be more aware of? She can be more aware of what's going on around her and have more confidence. Yes. She's so energetically sensitive. Yes, she is. She is. Um, adrenaline for this dog. This is a physical aspect. The adrenaline in her, which of course creates that fight or flight, in animals mm-hmm. or people. How's that running in her body? Hold on. Well, on the surface, the adrenaline is spiked, but underneath, she's very depleted. She's, mm-hmm. she's been in flight for too long. Excellent. Which is one of the reasons why this puts that high adrenaline running for so long chronically puts her on edge. Yeah. So she's going to be a little bit more flighty because the chemicals are already coursing through her body. Now, I was taught in vet tech school that it takes two weeks for an incident that creates a huge rush of adrenaline to actually get out of the system and for the dog to kind of reset themselves. Um, I've discovered that's really true. And when you have an animal that's chronically in that, it seems to take even longer for whatever reason than two weeks. Sure. It's hard Uh for them to learn during that time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So isn't that interesting that in a big space, Rue feels insecure, but in a smaller space, she feels safer? It makes sense when you state it from her point of view, okay? And to that, that will make sense to owners. To people that don't understand her, they might think logically with their minds, if we put her in a big yard, then she'll probably feel safer than a small yard because she could run away from a potential danger because she's got places to run to if it's a big yard, whereas a small yard, she's going to get trapped or cornered more quickly. Uh So you see, we got to like sometimes set people straight. Okay, that's your perspective. And now let's ask Rue's side of the coin. Oh, it's actually the opposite owner, and here's what she says about each size yard. Okay. Mm-hmm. I found this true for one of my friends had a little bird in a tiny little cage in her kitchen. She went out one day and bought a huge cage. Bird was in the same situation as Rue. It was so scared, chronically scared, in the large cage. Mm-hmm. It calmed down when she put it back in the small cage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so people are not always correct in saying, oh, everybody wants, every animal wants a big space. No, not necessarily. <laughs> Got to go to the animal. Good job. All right, so ask her, what would make you feel safer, Rue, if you happen to have access to a big yard? If she had someone else with her. Yes, which is why there are some dogs out there in the world who refuse to go potty 
without their person standing there in the threshold of the door or entering the yard with them, mm-hmm. even though it's an enclosed yard. <laughs> and this is this dog. Good. Ask her, would it help, Rue, for your person to give you a tour of the backyard? Yes. Yes, it would. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Ask her, would it help you for your person to point out and show you what about the yard fence example um, that actually keeps you safe and secure from outsiders, including other dogs? That would help a great deal. Yes, it would. She doesn't perceive the, the fencing and the protection she has. Very correct. Good. So you see there's little things that can be done that an owner could do mm-hmm. if they knew her position that would help to alleviate some of the insecurities and fears. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of educating the animal on what's what. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. So um, I'm going to just, in brief, more as a model for you, Ellen. So, Rue, by chance, are you in a foster home that has a yard? And here's what a yard looks like with a fence, and here's different types of fencing materials. She says, I have the stockade kind, the wooden kind, the solid kind. Okay, great. So I'm just going to educate her. So, Rue, that actually keeps you inside safe and sound from outsiding dogs and cats and most foxes and coyotes. I mean, sure, some of these critters can jump, but your person's also not going to put you out at a time or in a position where you're not being observed, I'm sure. So overall, on an everyday basis, you're actually quite safe out there. So walking around is going to be a safe activity. Letting your guard down and relaxing in your own yard and running around and playing is going to be huge at helping you to have fun while you're there. What does she say to that? She likes that. It, suddenly it makes her yard smaller. <laughs> yes. Which is safe to her. Yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. You got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So let's move on to another thing. It says here that she is cautious but friendly around people. So ask her. Now that's one side of the coin. Somebody wrote that down. Some human wrote that. Let's get her side. Say to her, uh, I'll say this one out loud, Rue, it's written here in your biography that you are cautious but friendly around people. Would you agree with that? What does she say? Hold on, let me check that one again. No, she doesn't agree with that. Okay, so ask her, how would you write it if you were writing your bio? What's true for you? She says, I'm not sure about people. The, the, the friendly part does not necessarily resonate. Okay. So she's not sure about people. Okay, cool. Ask her, what aren't you sure about? How they will treat me. Okay. And ask her, how would you like to be treated? I'd like to be able to come to you, and I'd like you to be nice. Okay. And there's a sense of... I also get the picture of um, energetically not intruding in her space, like not, you know, reaching out and insisting on petting her sort of activity. Well done. And ask her, how do you feel about people picking you up? No. Correct. I hear that too. Does not care for being picked up. Now, imagine she's being picked up by somebody she knows and trusts. What's her, what, how does she feel about that? That's okay, because they know how to do it in the right way. Mm-hmm. Is she still a bit standoffish about it, just the same, though? Yeah, it's not what she likes, but if they know how to do it in the right way, it's better. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. That's correct. Yeah, she tolerates it then. Very good. 
All right. So ask her, how can we, how can, if, if we could tell the world for you, Rue, and I do want to be clear to her, so Rue, only you and I are talking with you. So honestly, uh, you know, as we say what you're telling us, on some level the world will hear, people will hear this, but they may not act out on, out on it because of where they are in their own consciousness journey. So we can't necessarily create change for you. But if you could wave a magic wand and have all people instantly know how to make friends with you, what would that look like? They would not reach out to me. They would let me come to them, and they would be sweet and gentle. Okay, good. Yes. And where would their position be? On the ground, sitting in a chair, standing up? Sitting and leaning back. Okay, the leaning back is huge. Good. I see them sitting especially close to the ground. Mm-hmm. Good. Sitting low and leaning back. I, well done. Good. Ask her, do any of the people who care for you ever do this for you? Yes, they do sometimes. Good. And ask her, and how do you respond when they do that? She comes to them and she uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And how does she act once she comes to them? She'll lick and she'll nuzzle. She she loves yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She becomes super soft and sweet and like, here I mm-hmm. am, touch me, pet me, I like this. Yes, she will nuzzle. She will put her body up against theirs. Very good. So it says here she loves other dogs. Okay, um, so ask her, what is it about other dogs that makes you feel more comfortable with them than people as a species? She understands them. She understands <laughs> Well done. <laughs> I got exactly those words. Good which means she doesn't quite understand people. So let's help her out here with one thing at least. Ask her, what is one thing, Rue, you don't understand about people? Well, ask again because this isn't quite making sense to me. I mean, what I'm hearing is I... I don't understand why they like me, like why they come after me. Okay, okay, yes, okay, okay. Different words, we're getting the same thing. So I hear say, I don't understand why they always want me to come to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so different words, same thing. Good. So I want you, Ellen, to educate her right now on why that is, you know, a general truth for the average person. Out loud. Okay. It's because it's the way we humans know how to relate to dogs. We we want you to come. We want to be near you. It's our way of loving you and taking care of you. Okay. How does she feel about that? That's interesting. There's there's a positive pulse about okay. it. Good. I'm not sure Good. she, not sure it, it makes sense to her, but it's of interest and understanding. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And I'll just add to that, Rue, generally, the average person likes dogs, and we see you as cute, beautiful. Many people see you as just adorable. And they have, when people see a dog as cute as yourself, a lot of us, are, our hearts leap out of our chest, and we go, oh, my God, I want to be near you. And we don't always respect the fact that the cute being that we perceive as a cute being wants to be with us, so sometimes humans will overstep their bounds, not thinking about how you feel, and they'll 
put themselves upon you by reaching out to pet you because in their mind they're seeing you as sweet and adoring and everything is positive from their angle even though they're not being conscious of where you're at in that moment and how you feel. They're all, you know, sometimes stuck up in their own emotional state of adoration. How does she feel about that? Does that make sense? It's still difficult for her. Mm-hmm. But it feels safer because she understands. Yes. A lot of fear, both for animals as well as people, is a lack of understanding. What's being done? What's about to happen? And education removes a lot of that fear, or at least can bring down the threshold of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay. Knowledge mm-hmm. is power. We've heard that before. Okay, good. So let's go ahead on. It says that sudden movements and loud noises still scare her. So, this, okay, no, we need to go to the loud noises first. The loud noise, ask her, how do you react when you hear a loud noise? What does her body do? It startles. Yes. It startles, and I think we also, <clears throat> excuse me, see that adrenaline surge again. Very good, which gets activated every time something scares her. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, now we got to do another, if we stick to the two-week theory, another two weeks, another two weeks. She got scared this morning, now she got scared last night, or the night, a day later, and now she, you know, it's like that two-week, two weeks. So we've got a dog in chronic fear mode, okay? Mm-hmm. So go ahead and ask her. Now, she probably doesn't know anything about Tellington Touch, also known as T-Touch. Are you familiar with that at all? I have heard of it, and that's it. Okay, it's basically using round circular movements with the pads of your four fingers, and you make um, as if you put them gently, softly, onto the animal's skin, and you start at 12 o'clock, and you go all the way back around the clock as if you're making an emotion, emotion in place with the pads of your fingers. You're not making a big one, just a tiny little, little one, all the way back up to usually 2 o'clock. So you're going past the 12 o'clock mark. You're doing one full turn plus some. And you do it nice, lightly, and gently in different areas of her body, and it impacts the central nervous system. And for many animals, it can create a space of calmness and or an energetic outlet for stuff they've accumulated to shift, to Mm -hmm. leave. Okay. So... Now, ask Rue, would you like somebody, I mean, we can't, Rue, I want to be clear, we can't tell somebody to do this because we're not in contact with anybody but you, but if somebody was to knowingly start touching you using the T-Touch method, how would you feel about that? Oh, that sounds lovely to her. Mm-hmm. What an absolute relief. Yeah. Now, go to the universe, Ellen, and ask Truth universe for this dog with this make and model of her body and everything she's been through because she's a unique individual right truth would t-touch be appropriate for this dog i'm not sure it would okay i get a yes for that in this case and there have been dogs Mm -hmm. same scenario as rue and yet i get a no Uh uh-huh okay i I was not getting anything either way oh okay if you don't get anything either way re-ask or change the wording okay Okay. um use the word appropriate versus beneficial beneficial is a judgment it means something Mm -hmm. is good which means something else has to be bad we want to know would it be appropriate which in my mind also considers takes into consideration for the grace and highest good of Rue, but also all beings everywhere, because, you know, we've got this whole bigger picture thing going on than just Rue and the person who would be working with her. We want for the grace and highest good of everybody, um, which, sure, good is a judgment, but in other words, we're being clear to the universe. We're heading towards the light and not hanging out in darkness, doing things right. for this dog. Okay, so in that case... I'm clear about good means light, towards the light, staying close to God. Okay. All right. So. Good. Okay. Loud noises. Let's go back to that. Ask her, where have you heard loud noises in your past? Okay. 
I get this cascade of like everywhere. Yeah. It's hard to sort, you know, that there was one place or one incident because to her, noises are loud most of the time. So see if, Ellen, you can pick out, or by asking her, pick out some of the noises. What were some of the noises she honestly heard in her past? Probably doors. Something. Now you say probably. Okay, okay, I'm... When you got was... doors... Yeah, is that your mind giving me something? Because I, I, I love your mind, Ellen, but I want to know, what is Ruse? <laughs> what has she heard? I want Ruse. Yeah. Side of the coin. So ask her, what noises could you distinctly okay. identify for me that you heard in your past? Thunder. Good. What else? So what I'm I'm interpreting these doors. It's something. It's inside, and it was loud, and it was a crack. Okay. Okay. Good. So I see some gates, kennel-like doors opening and closing, things banging shut. Okay, that might be your mm-hmm. crack of a sound right there. Do you hear metal bowls clanging? Oh yeah. So I, what, I had... would you call her environment noisy or quiet? Well, to her, it was noisy. Mm-hmm. Good. So she's also was telling me screaming dogs she's heard in the past. They were out of ice shots, so she didn't know what was happening. So there's a lot of things. Ask her about, do you hear those same noises in your current home? No, she does not. And ask her, and how I do you did, feel about that? I did have that sense of some sort of institutional... Good, good, yes, yes, I do too. So I ask her, how do you feel about not having those noises here now? She doesn't, she expects them at any moment. True, good. Ask her, do you like that it's somewhat quieter where you're at now? Yes, definitely. Good. I like to ask animals the difference between their past and the present because it points out to them, oh, yeah, things really are better here. Oh, yeah, maybe I can start to relax even more beyond what I have been doing. I do, as Rue, see all the differences between it's quieter, people are more gentle, people actually interact with me where I don't get they really interacted with her much in the old you know, place. You point these things out, and the animal's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Sometimes, unless you have things pointed out, even as a human, you don't see the differences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I'm going to leave it up to you. We're at 42 minutes right now. Do you want to keep working with her, or do you want to switch to the horses? Do you think I would benefit from switching to the horses? Because I'm, I'm in Jimmy's um, room. <laughs> Because why? I'm enjoying Rue. You're enjoying Rue? Um, what we can do is we can do the horses and the bit of information I want to teach you about that as the half of class number nine next time. So we can continue sticking with Rue. That's fine. All right. So sudden movements. Ask her what kinds of sudden movements frighten you. The sudden movements that in particular come towards her head, her face. Okay, very good. Yes, they come towards her. Now, what part of the human body? The hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, yes. Hands and arms is what I'm getting. They seem to set her off more so than feet or legs. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Now ask her, what exactly frightens you about hands? They're unexpected 
they're, they're surprised and she doesn't know what they're going to do. Okay, good. And ask her, what's your worst fear here? What's the worst fear they could, you can come up with that you're afraid they could do to you? It'll hurt her. Mm-hmm. It'll okay, hurt great. Her. So ask her, has anybody hurt you here? Not terribly, but as fear as they could. Okay, good. And ask her, in your past, did anybody physically hurt you? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. I get a yes as well. Good. Mm-hmm. So let's educate her a bit on the average good-natured human hand. Go ahead and say it out loud. Rude. Most people are kind. Most people who put their hands and arms towards you may not understand and don't mean to feel threatening to you. And they do it from kindness because they see you as beautiful and sweet. And they're wanting to love you and relate with you. How does she feel about that? She, that's interesting to her. That's, uh, that gives hope. Okay. Being I also sense her being skeptical. Like, I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> okay. It does put a new thought in her head. So you're right about it's interesting to her. Okay, different words, mm-hmm. same thing. With that said, I can sense behind that interest in what you just said. There's like skepticism, like, hmm, like I need to know more about that. I think what her energy is putting out. I mean, my, my sense was there was that interest, but still doesn't like it. Okay, good. Okay, okay, good. Good, good, good. All right, so ask her. No, actually explain to her why at times, even if it has nothing to do with her at all, the human body moves in surprising ways. Rude humans. Humans have strong thoughts and feelings. And our arms and sometimes our legs, but mainly our arms, will act out that feeling. And we reach out because we want to be close, we want to touch, we want to love. And sometimes we reach out because we're angry and we want to hurt. But most humans will reach out to you because they have a feeling or a thought of love and sweetness about you. And because they see your uniqueness. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. How does she feel about that? I, I was going to go on because I could see oh, that she, she likes all this, mm-hmm. but she still doesn't like the action. Okay. So let me piggyback on this, um, and then certainly whatever thoughts you have too. So, Rue, the way our human body is designed is our arms are attached to the core of our body, And when we walk, for example, it's a lot easier for us to walk slightly swinging our arms. And then there's sometimes that humans, especially children, become silly and we play. And when we play and become joyful, we express with our arms and we may raise them above our heads or swing them wildly around us. Um, And so we move our arms Yes, often based on how we're feeling emotionally. And a lot of these movements have nothing to do with you at all. So -hmm. the human body will move in such ways where it may startle you, but understand we don't always have an intention to startle, you know, to create the startle factor from you. Sometimes we're just living life, doing our thing, and moving in a certain way. So how you can decipher the difference between if we're intending to interact with you in that moment and our hands and arms are, or we're not, is to be observant, 
go to our human thoughts and get a sense of what our intentions are. Then you will know. Then you'll know instead of being in fear. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to say to that, Ellen, or add? Um, let me just see where she is with that. Okay. She's taking it all in. This is this is a lot to consider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I don't. I Not that she wanted. I think she, she, yeah, she's going to. You know, it's a lot to have come in on a Friday morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it's there's hope behind this for her. Okay, good. So, ask her. What is something you love people to do for you? So here we're starting to go back around to that sandwich, positive, Mm -hmm. negative, positive. What do you love people to do for you? Oh, she likes behind her ears being rubbed gently. Okay, good, yes. Yes. And what else does she like from people? Food. Mm-hmm. Running about. I, I can see her jumping and playing, but it, at her pace. Okay, good. So let's do another positive. Let's ask her to kind of see where she's come from and where she is now. Ask her, Have you? do you feel that you have improved, Rue, in your foster home, improved in such a way of, you know, relaxation. Let's go that direction. Yes, it's much better. It's Good. Much better. And do you think, Rue, that you can step into even more greater relaxation as time goes on? Yes, and she hopes, she knows this is temporary. She hopes where she goes will be very sweet and quiet. Good. And I'm going to let her know, Rue, you can actually ask the divine, ask the universe to provide you with the most appropriate living situation that has all the things that you like in it, everything you mentioned to us today. She says, I can. Yes, you just have to ask the universe. You can say a prayer. You can just put out your intention of what you seek, and it will help draw it your way. (laughs) What does she think of that? Oh, she says, okay. You know, animals don't always seem to know that (laughs) or think about it. Yeah. Good. Um, What else do you want to ask her? I want to ask Rue if there's anything else she'd like from us or anything else she would like to know. Is there any? else you'd like to talk about she's grateful for this mm-hmm. she's grateful yes she is um ask her do you understand why you got pulled into a rescue and put into a foster home do you understand what that was all about I wasn't wanted there. True. Good. Okay. And so that must mean she's got an understanding that she's wanted here. Ask her, Mm -hmm. do you understand that you were up for adoption and therefore in a temporary living situation? I don't know if she did a minute or no ago or not, but she does now. Okay, good. Yeah. I hear her say no. She has an inkling about it, but Mm -hmm. right. Good. So go ahead, just for practice on your end, Ellen, and explain to her what adoption and foster home means. Right now, you're in a foster home, and that means that people who love you 
are giving you as safe and good a space, a home to live in as they can. But it's not forever. It's just for now. And you're waiting until your forever people and your forever home where you'll stay always come. And you can ask that they be just the kind of people and place you like. That they lean back and let you come and snuggle with them. And that the yard and the place are safe for you. Okay. And you'll stay there always. Now ask her, do you understand what I said? Yes, she's taking that in. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Now, why don't you educate her in case she doesn't know um, how she can behave towards a person who comes as a meet and greet for her if she really, really likes them and really feels connected or wants to try it out and going home with them, how can she behave? And if she doesn't care for somebody, how could she behave? And, of course, you know, we Ellen want to be, you know, um, give her tools that are appropriate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you like a person, Rue, and be, be careful that you really like them, if they feel like the human you would like to live your life with. You could sit close to them. You could give them a little nuzzle or lick. You could let them touch you and pet you, even if they're a little clunky and awkward. You could understand and put up with it. And you could let them know that you want to be close and love them. And if they feel like a person you don't want to be with, it's okay to go to the other side of the room and to not look at them and to not relate with them at all. That's just fine. And that's the way that you can help choose your person in your forever home. Good. Nicely said. How does she feel about that information? She likes that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you know, one of the key words for her, Ellen, that she loves that you said was the word choose. Mm. She's always been had things done to her, put upon mm-hmm. her. She's not mm-hmm. been given much choice in her mm-hmm. world, as she sees it anyway. Yeah, I, I, I sense that from a different energetic, but I I sense that. Yeah. It's fascinating to me how I'm meeting Rue and I'm meeting an animal who education is changing her life here. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I want you to sense this. This is more of an observation of her, not asking her a direct question. So underneath the caution, the timidness, the, the frightened, the, the, the just insecurity, who is she really? She's an incredibly sophisticated, sensitive soul. Mm-hmm. I guess I say sophisticated and that the... the, the the wiring, the fine-tuning. I mean, she's a Ferrari and not a Ford. Um, <laughs> Good. She, she's, she's a beautiful, bright, light piece of spirit. Good. And underneath all that timidness, all, underneath all of it, how is she with people? Oh, she loves to love and be loved. Yes. She would love it if that could be the situation. So, everything you just gleaned right there, presented to her. 
show her who she really is underneath all that fear and see what Mm -hmm. she says. Yes. So I'm going to say to her, Rue, you can step towards that or embody that, who you really are, because it's who you are anyway, in the physical reality, in your current life, anytime you want. You can do it in baby steps or big leaps and bounds. Nobody, no human, needs to give you permission to do that. You get to choose. Since she had a charge on the word choose, I'm using the word choose back with her, Ellen, okay, because it's really a big thing for her. So, Rue, you can choose to step into this at whatever rate or speed and velocity that you desire. You can reclaim who you truly are and let go with a mask of fear that you've been choosing to carry around okay how does she interpret that it's a it's an incredible relief it's almost a wiping clear of the slate it's some very um foundational level mm-hmm. yeah Sometimes when we present animals with the real them by first checking, well, who are they on soul level? Okay, or I don't even mean soul level. Um, just who are they underneath this, this thing that they've been doing or in this case this emotion they've been feeling and emoting for so long. Oh, this is who you really are. Rue, look who you really are. And then the animal's like, wow. And a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, I know that. Or, wow, I've not seen that in a while. Or I forgot. You know, I was that, which is her in her case. She forgot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, you mean I can be that? I can have that? It's allowed? It's okay? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very good. All right, let's go ahead and thank her. She's been a wonderful teacher. And I wish you well, Rue, in your incarnation. <laughs> she gives us a daisy, by the way. Um, she splits it in half, gives us each half a daisy. When I ask, what does this image mean, please? She says, here's a bit of truth for each of you. I love you both. And that's her truth. Oh, I felt the love. <laughs> nice. All right. So we'll let her go. And what questions do you have, Ellen, if any? Hmm. I'm soaking in how you worked with her, and I, you know, I'm really soaking in how this went beyond merely communicating and answering questions to, you know, a little bit of therapy and education. Mm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, this and might be a I nice recording to rehear parts of. I think it will be. I think it really will be. I don't have questions. Okay. It's very illuminating, though. Yeah. Okay. The only thing that's coming up for me that um, I'm being nudged to say is understand that when people come to you, you know, saying, why is my dog afraid all the time? Tell him he's safe in the world. Nobody's going to hurt him. That, as you can see now from the ACR's perspective, you need to tell the owner, okay, we'll definitely relay that, but let's also see what's up for them. Why does it scare you? What scares you about it? Is there something your person can do to support you there? And who are you without this fear? Oh, it would be origin of the fear was this scenario. Okay, we'll relay that to the owner so we can all give acknowledgement to that event that changed life for you and, and, you know, allowed you to create yourself in that way. And Let's see if we can, I mean, there's so much more that can be done. It depends on the individual. Sometimes T-touch therapy, the anxiety wrap, uh, flower essences. Sometimes animals need to be put on medicine to calm them, to dull them is the word I use. But I have to say I've talked with one cat who was so relieved to be on medicine, so I no longer judge all the meds out there. Sometimes it's hugely valuable. It's just right for that being at that time and phase of their life. But... 
Mm-hmm. You feel the energy of what direction you need or can go in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well done, Ellen. Good job. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle. That was that was so illuminating. That's going to be with me all week. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we are set. Um, I do not have a particular exercise for you to practice this week, but practice whatever you know is you're drawn to practicing, um, because okay. there's probably rightness in that. I'm sure there is. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, and you're I wish welcome. you a wonderful week. <laughs> Thank you. You as well, Ellen. You take care. Bye bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.